The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back to this Wednesday edition. Thanks for joining us as we take a few minutes out of our day uh, to be in God's Word, whether you're driving somewhere or at work or home. I just greatly appreciate the privilege you've given to me uh, to share God's Word with you just for a few moments. Uh, We have been in the uh, last few weeks in the book of Philippians, and so we're continuing through the final chapter, Philippians chapter 4. We mentioned the main theme being joy, and so the premise of chapter 4 is we're looking at joy over worry. Joy over worry, we mentioned that chapter 4 has a lot of the verses. When you think of the popularity of the book of Philippians, most of those verses are going to be found in this chapter, and we're going to look at some of them right now. How do we overcome worry? As a matter of fact, the word that really is focused, uh, or the thought that's really focused in the verses we're going to look at here in a moment, come to the, under the idea of anxiety. Now, fear, anxiety, all those things come under this premise of the inability to control things. And so anxiety comes when we are anxious about things that are, we are afraid are going to happen or we know are going to happen and we have no control over them, and our body reacts. It's a natural reaction to outside circumstances. It does not have to control us, but it can become paralyzing if we're not careful. Uh, Now, this is not a full session on anxiety, but one of the things I do believe is the Bible does have an answer for all of these things if we're willing to not only go to the Bible and find out what the Bible says, but then we need to live in obedience to what the Bible says. So let's see what Paul says. Paul is he's in jail right now, a house arrest, but he's, he's imprisoned. Uh, he's potentially looking to his death. There's a chance he won't get out of this. We know ultimately he does move on to a different spot. Uh, ultimately, he ends up in a different prison at least. But we look at this passage, what he's writing to this church. So again, he's giving some final thoughts as he comes to this last section of his letter. So he starts in verse number th- four. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. So he starts off with this first thought of just rejoicing. Now, rejoicing is the idea of joy, that, and it's me placing and rejoicing in something. It's not necessarily happiness. We've said this. It's not that I am praising God that all my circumstances are good or great. It's simply I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Then he says in all things, always. Then he emphasizes. Why does he repeat it? It's simply emphasis. Again, I say rejoice. So here's, here's how it looks. Paul says rejoice in the Lord and everything. And then he can imagine the reader saying, Paul, wait, wait. They can say the reader saying, Paul, how do you rejoice? You're in jail. You're you're being falsely accused. What's going on? Or the reader saying, Paul, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what it is hurting me. And so Paul, he kind of pauses, knowing people are going to say that. He goes, oh, again, I say rejoice. So he kind of gives some freedom in the middle for the reader to question the thought of rejoicing. And they say, oh, please do it anyway. And he's really stating, rejoicing, here's the point. If we can rejoice in God in the good and the bad times, then we're likely to struggle less with things like fear and anxiety because we've reminded, we've reminded ourselves of the sovereignty of God, of the power of God, of his working in our life, so we rejoice. Now, we don't always rejoice in the great. So let's say you're struggling with a massive financial circumstance right now. I can't say, sit back and say, thank you, Lord, for the financial struggle. Because Well, then how do you rejoice? Well, you say, thank you, Lord, that in the midst of this miserable circumstance, I know you are aware and powerful enough to deal with it. 
So I'm not alone in this. Sometimes we just think the Lord will not alone in our circumstances and that we know that God has allowed this into our life and then he's gonna give us the grace to be endure what he's allowed, to strengthen us, to teach us, to let other people see his goodness and greatness. But simply when I rejoice in God, I'm reminded of his place in my life and his power and the ability that the thing I'm looking at is as grave as it is can be overcome. So you're struggling with a a family member who is sick, maybe dying. What do you do? You rejoice in the Lord because he's sick? No. Illness, unfortunately, is part of living in a sinful world. You rejoice in the Lord that you're not living in this alone. Maybe your loved one's going to be in heaven. There are some things you can look at. Now, I would say this. If you've never been saved and you've never truly put your trust in Jesus, you might be religious but never been saved you're gonna have a hard time with. There's just no hope. Because hope is not found in circumstances. Hope is not even found in religion. Hope is found in Christ and Christ alone. And if you haven't truly come to him, you won't understand this. And you're gonna actually find religion to be more frustrating. And that's what we look at this. We're seeing hope in Christ. Then he says in verse five, let your moderation be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. So he actually gives kind of two thoughts. He says, let your moderation be known to all men. Uh, you can use the term sweet, reasonable, things like this. But I heard a preacher, Jim Shatler, once mentioned something. I thought this was a good way to put it. He stated this. He said, what we're doing is the moderation is kind of like a moderator. You go to an event, there's going to be somebody who's moderating the event. They're letting you know what's going on, or they're kind of directing you around the different event. That's the moderator. They're the ones in control, directing things. It's the same thought here. So what we're saying is let... Let the the world know who's moderating your life. Let the world know who's in charge. And then he says, the Lord is at hand. So here's how. Let the world know who is in charge of you. The Lord is at hand. Let the world be aware that in the midst of the good and bad times, God is there. God is in control. And that's so you let your, your, your peace You're at a level of, well, you're not anxious. You're not panicking over circumstances you can't control because you are truly trusting that God somehow will make it work. And even if things turn out different than you thought they would, God has got a plan somehow in it. God is aware. Maybe he's just teaching you, uh, strengthening you. Uh, Maybe he one day is going to do something and you're going to say, man, it was truly God. But your sweet reasonableness is I'm not going to sit back and get anxious and panic and get angry over things I can't control. If I truly trust God's in control, then I give that to him. Then he says in verse six, be careful. Now the word careful is literally the same word for anxious. Be anxious for nothing. So don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, it's it's extreme prayer, pleading, praying for others as well, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So I, I can't be, I, I, if I, I have a choice to live in anxiety, or I have a choice to give it to God. Simply the two thoughts. I live in anxiety because I can't control it and I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Or I give it to the God who's in control and he has actually influence over what's coming. And I, so the, here's he saying, be careful for nothing. This is simply a command. Simply a command. I can be anxious and I can panic and I can be awake, which by the way, just makes the problems worse because now you're sick, you're not eating, uh, you kick in depression, you get all these issues. Why? Because you're anxious over something you can't fix. You say, well, what if it's something I did? Well, then work it through and get to the other end of it. It's not easy, but living in anxiety only eats you up inside. And it's a result of something we've done we need to solve or something we're afraid is going to happen. By the way, the majority of the time, the things we're afraid are going to happen don't. 
Some of you might be in a situation, no, my pastor didn't know it's going to happen, but maybe it doesn't. And the anxiety makes you, that's where Satan wants you at. He wants you in, a, in, a, in a, a life of fear. So he says, don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, he goes, with thanksgiving, being grateful for what God has given you, let your request, the command, be known unto God. Now you say, well, God already knows what's going on. Exactly. But you're still telling him. You're going to him with it. Letting your request is not informing God of what's going on. It's reminding yourself you're giving it to God. You are taking it off of your shoulders and giving it to God. Let him Deal with it. It's more about you than it is about him. And he says, you have not because you ask not. People say, well, God allowed this. Well, when have you brought it to him to solve it? And that's what we have to look at. Then he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. By the way, that peace of God does not mean your problem will disappear. When he says, well, keep your hearts and minds, the word keep is the idea of guard. He will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So while you are navigating the situation that could uh, bring anxiety and depression. It could be overwhelming. If your mind is on Christ and you're letting him moderate and you're bringing these things to God and you truly trust him, he will guard your heart from going into these things you can't control. I've seen myself in situations where my human mind can only see one outcome. I see certain things. I'm like, well, there's only one outcome. Obviously, it's going to be miserable. And then when I get to the other end, it didn't. Why? Because we can only see one outcome because human nature, we're just negative by nature. And we say, well, if it's not this way, it's got to be bad. Like if God didn't do it the way I wanted to, it's bad. That's not always true. As a matter of fact, generally the way I look at it, it's not as good as what God's plan is. But we've got to seek his plan. But if, if we're living, it, 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 and here's the thing I said, we think, I think it was uh, Sunday, I remember when I, I think it was Sunday we quoted this, maybe it was Wednesday, I don't remember, but a, a phrase, someone sent it to me as a quote, I don't remember what it was, but I thought it was a powerful quote. You know, we go to God in prayer, and then we hold on to these things in prayer, and we run, and we have to do our part. Please understand, if, if you're struggling financially, then you need to probably try to get a job. Uh, you, know, there, you know, and see what it is, if you're struggling in a relationship with somebody, then you need to try and go get it right. When you pray, you ask God to give you the ability to go do what you need to do, and then he does the rest. You can't ignore your part. But you know, sometimes, here's what the quote was. We don't really pray. We just, we just close our eyes and worry. And I think sometimes it's how it is, and that's the opposite of what God wants us to do. And if you're living in worry, you're not giving it to God. And sometimes you've got to constantly go back to God and say, I need your help. This is physically upsetting, you know, overwhelming, and, I need, and you just keep giving it to God, and keep giving it to God, and keep giving it to God. I've been in scenarios like that, and when you give it to God, you can literally feel the physical uh, struggle lessen while you go on with your life, and then you just keep constantly giving it to Him and letting Him. And this is the point. Keep laying at His feet. Keep putting it there to trust, because this is the point. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. You know what? We say that. We believe it, but in circumstances like this is where we say, do we do it? Knowing we can do something and believing the Bible teaches it is very different than doing it. So I challenge you today to do that. Whatever it is that is overwhelming you that just you can't get beyond, give it to him. And I mean seriously, give it to him. Beg God for grace to be able to set it aside and then focus your attention on him and other things and move on and let him use it. Now, you've got to do your part, but you know there's a part where you can only do so much. Let God take care of the rest of it. This seems easy. I guarantee you it's not, but it is biblical. And maybe recognize that the biblical nature is what we need to follow and live, obe live in obedience to him. That's where freedom comes. Thanks for joining us today as we take this time to study God's word. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement. I know this passage has always been to me. I've come back to it hundreds of times. And may we keep our eyes on Jesus and allow the truth of this passage to be a truth that guides us.
Thanks for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.